I think I'm going to start off with a uh, an impression of Mark Chipman, the Winnipeg Jets owner, because he's now claiming poverty. He's he's on the dole, is he? <laughs> yeah, he's only made eight million dollars. He's only made sorry, was it eight billion or eight? He's made like an extra eight billion or something eight... in the last ten months or something. So I was looking, I was looking at his finances. Fucking yeah. welcome to two Brits one pack apparently, and apparently I'll do that in like, a minute. It's fine. <laughs> he, he's so I think he while he's made eight billion. Well, he's basically back to where he was before the start of the pandemic, which okay, well that's so, interesting. All right, so it's not like he, it's not like the pandemic has made him money, but he, but during the pandemic he has been able to recoup his losses. Was what I understood from from the screenshot, like of of your, your traditional stock market line graph for Howard Shipman or whatever the geezer's name is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, so all right. So this this links nicely into into an actual genuine topic of conversation that's worth talking about in the what month it's been since our last show. Somehow. All right, shit. Hang on. All right, all right. Hang on. Let's do this. Then. Let's do this. Then. Welcome back, on. folks. To Dimitri on Puck. I'm your host, <laughs> Mister Intangibles, and an invincible boy, Dan Masters. With my good friend, a TV shopper, and a man who still fights a good fight. Well, if you're human, Will, how are you doing? You uh, you financial whiz kid, you. I, I'm doing right, yeah. Just, uh, just trading a couple of stocks and bonds, uh, shorting a couple of shares. You know how it be. Love it, love it, yeah. Standard fucking procedure. Fucking Willie, Willie Big Short over here. Go on. Fucking <laughs> Willie Big. I want to be uh, Mark. Whatever, fucking whoever Steve Carell's character is in a uh, in the Big Short. But no, you don't. That dude's depressed. You want to be fucking. You want to be Ryan Gosling's dude? Not Ryan Gosling. Is it Ryan Gosling? Yeah, you want yeah, to be Ryan Gosling. I always forget there's Ryan Gosling. Yeah, but he's he's an arsehole. At least like Steve Carell is yeah, but, fight, yeah. fighting a good fight. Yeah, but Ryan Gosling says, "Yeah, I am going to fuck you, but you are going to enjoy it, and afterwards we're both going to be happy." But I will. But that's fine because you're going to enjoy it. I'm fine with that. He admits. He admits point blank. Yes, you're going to make a lot of money, but I'm going to make way more money. But you're still going to make a lot of money. I'm fine with that. I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. And there is an element of his character that doesn't seem quite as corrupt as the rest of Wall Street. To an extent. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll give you that. But so, so with with the Winnipeg Winnipeg Jets owner, and you know, a lot of people are bandying about. So it, it ties in to the newly renewed conversations about what we're going to do financially next year for the NHL. Yeah. So there's talk yep. about the owners wanting the players to take another. Is it? It's not a deferral, is it? It's a. It's a. It's a pay cut, isn't it? Because they've had the deferral, they already agreed to the deferral, and now they're saying, "Bam, we want like temporary rollbacks or whatever it is." Yeah. Whatever it might be, in in line with losses made to made to COVID nineteen, and quite rightly, a lot of people are showing the Winnipeg Jets owner having recouped his losses from COVID-19 during the pandemic. You know, shorthand, he has made $8 billion since April or whatever it is. And saying, rightfully so, saying, no, the players shouldn't have to have to foot the bill just because the owners are concerned about losing their money. Which to me, as we've said before, is absolutely right. If you own the team, you are responsible for the cash. You have signed those players to a contract for that amount of money, whatever it might be, whether it's you know some kid on a nine twenty five uh, entry level contract or whether it's you know Mark Shifley earning six and a half mil, whatever it might be. If you're the owner, 
if you're if the team's losing money or if you're losing money elsewhere, that's not that's not Mark Shifley's problem. That's not whoever's problem. That's your problem. I I understand the idea of like you know the whole cost certainty that and this and that and the the revenue splits, but I just I, I, that that dictates salary cap, and we've decided that the salary cap is eighty one point five million. We're not in a position where the salary cap has suddenly shrunk to forty million, therefore everybody's over the cap or whatever, and and all these contracts are over the maximum allowed value. Everybody's still fine there, so it shouldn't be the player's problem. So I've just been I've just been reading through trying to find a a simplified version of what they've done, and it, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I get everything that's written down here because I'm quickly scanning it. But I think for people to get a clear understanding, because there might be people who completely get exactly what it means, and that's fine. So I'm going to read it out anyway. Okay, so in the new CBA ratified last July, there were agreements on deferred money for 2021 and escrow caps during each season of the agreement. Players agreed to a 10% deferral for the upcoming year. Escrow caps were 20%, then 14 to 18%, then 10%, and then 6% for the remaining three seasons of the, of the new CBA. Yep. And then the league submitted then two proposals to redo the CBA, which was changes just for the upcoming season. So the third compensation went to 20%. Escrow went to 25%. The second proposal was for the third compensation to be 26%. And then escrow was not touched until years four to six, when it went from 6% to between 85 and a 9%. And the report was from swish 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 air quotes sources there were audible gasps in the room when this when this was presented i fucking bet there was <laughs> of, of course there was it's because like, it and we should have we should have fucking seen this coming it's gone from like you say in in july like oh we really want to get the the league back and, up and running we need to get you guys to agree to do it for now Look, here's here's some perfectly reasonable compensations to be made for the next, you know, plan for the next five years, how we're going to get out of this. Right, now we've got that um, short-term bit out of the way and finished last season. Here's what we really want. Here are the thumb screws. Bend yourself over because we're going to fucking pull an NHL on you again. It's fucking no surprise whatsoever. I feel it's like, I, I like what you said before about, I'm sorry fucking Harold, or whatever his name is, Mark, Mark <laughs> Chipman. I'm sorry Harold, but you fucking bought this team and it's not just him, it's every owner. He's just the one who was kind of started this. We had a little conversation about this on WhatsApp because it was mentioned on Twitter that somebody spoke about Mark Chipman's finances and how he made so much money back or, you know, what he'd recovered. And it, you know, it was in the billions. And everybody on Twitter was siding with the billionaire owner, which was insane. I found that completely, completely insane. But every single person who replied to the tweet that I saw did not give a shit about the players. Did not give a shit. But I'm with, I'm the same with you. If I if I can't afford to pay for my house, that's my problem. That's not the bank's problem. Like, sorry, you've bought this, Daniel. You're now responsible for it. Tough shit if you can't. You've got to work it out. And that's the same with the owners. You want to be fucking Mr. Big Shot and own a sports franchise and go and sit in all the fucking boxes and, and get the fancy dinners and all that kind of shit and be included in all the important calls. When it comes to fucking cashing up, you better pony up that money, boy, because, sorry, it ain't my problem. You signed me to this contract. You better give me that money. It ain't my fault. 
Nothing to do with me. Yeah, it's it's, it's like you your boss coming into work or like the owner of your the company you work for coming in and saying, right, so we're we're having some financial difficulties, so I want fifty percent of your paycheck back from last month, or or even this month coming. Oh, you're only you're only getting paid. You know, if you're on a standard contract, I'm not talking about like sales and commission and that. If you're on a standard yeah. contract, I'm coming like right, daddy boy. Uh, instead of making £100 this month, you're making 50 Unlucky. Uh, I don't care about this contract that I've signed. Contract that that I'm so, so meticulous about making very specific, so so it's in my favour to start with. You know, the, these, these player contracts, by and large, are not fair to the players when you compare to other leagues. You know, there's no, no, way. O- no options on there. There's no... Choice to choice to terminate or whatever like that. The the only good thing restructure. Yeah, exactly. The, the only good well, the the fact that your no trade clause can be nullified if you're traded before it kicks in. <laughs> like, the only good things these players get is guaranteed salary, and in theory, no trade, no move clauses. And apparently, this guaranteed salary is actually a fucking myth. Yeah, because there's no trade. So is the no mood, no trade. Because how many times have we heard, well, he had to waive his no trade to do this. So it doesn't mean shit either then, does it, really? They just put yeah, the yeah. screws to him and went, look, can you just fuck off? We don't want you. Okay, then. All right, all right. Fucking hell. And it's, it's a fucking farce. It's an absolute farce, the whole thing. And and they're, they're trying to squeeze him out of um, signing bonuses now. So, right, no, no more bloody bonuses because we want to be able to buy you out when you turn shit and we've paid you too much money. Like... Fucking hell! The, the the owners can't save themselves from themselves at all. There there are so many stipulations and rules in place to stop these owners being fucking idiots, and it still comes down to like, well, there are issues that are not my not my fault. And like with the with the Mark Chipman thing, like you said, so many people online were saying. Comparing how, because I think the eight billion he's made it since April or whatever. Obviously, he's not made that off the Winnipeg Jets, but and and people are saying, oh well, that's why the players should should have to uh, chip in, no pun intended, because because the the Jets themselves haven't made money. He's the fucking owner. That's not yeah. that. He's a financer. It doesn't matter where the fucking money's coming from. He has the money and he has the financial responsibility. It's just, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely. It's quite. It's quite simple. It's quite simple. What's the salary cap for the Winnipeg Jets? Eighty-one and a half million. Look at his finances. Do you have eighty-one and a half million in the bank? Yes, I do. So fucking pay them then. <laughs> it's very simple. I don't give yeah. a shit where your money comes from. I don't care where your money comes from. You fucking man in Carolina, Tom Dun Dun Dun. He he makes his money off. He's fucking Mister Wonga, isn't he? Making money off payday loans and all that shit. Like, that's real greasy money. Real greasy. But so what? You you owe me this money. I've signed this contract. You owe me this money. I don't care where it comes from. I bet half the players wouldn't care if he's shipping arms and whatever to fucking genocide militia in Africa. Like, you pay me my money. You've got the money in your bank account. You pay me what I'm owed. Fuck your fucking escrow and all that bullshit. And how many times, how many times have we mentioned this? How many times have we mentioned this? Combined, what did Vegas and Seattle pay to get into the league? billion. Where's that fucking money? Where's that money? Isn't it for stuff like this? Isn't it so we can say, you know what, guys? Don't worry. We've got cash on hand. 
because two teams have just ponied up over a billion dollars to get into this league. So don't panic. The cap's going to stay the same, but com- like combining the league and the owners, we can make up a shortfall and we can make sure there's still a product to go out onto the ice. But no, it's just like that money has just apparently vanished into thin air. And I've said this a million times. If somebody can show me where that money's gone, if it goes somewhere or if it's to fund something or do something, fine. Then I've got no problem with that. That's fine because I just I'm not aware of it. So no issue there. But I never hear anything about the NHL spending money on this, that, or the other thing. All I ever hear is, well, there's no money. There's no money in NHL. How many of those NHL owners are billionaires? And it doesn't matter where the money comes from. I don't care where the money comes from. It's, it's like going to a it's like going to a loan shark. It's like going to a loan shark, and the loan shark says, "Well, you owe me you owe me a thousand quid," and you say, "Well, I haven't got a job." Like, well, that's not my fucking problem. Like, you owe me this money, so give me the money. Yeah, yeah. The tax man comes around, right? Right, mate. Income. I need to. I need to settle up your income tax bill. Oh, well, actually, I don't. I don't work, so I don't. Uh, you know, I don't owe you any money. I mean, I did. I did win the lottery. But that's, yeah. that's that's different, mate. That's completely different. Completely different. <laughs> I came into a large sum of money this year, but nah, not un- completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. And it's it's an age old thing. And and ever since ever since the fucking pandemic and lockdown started happening, we've we've talked about it before, and you see it time and time again. B- billionaire business owners the world over. It's it's not even about oh I'm at risk of going bankrupt. No, it's I'm at risk of losing a little bit of money. It's not fucking Howard Shipman's not gonna fucking. It's not like he's run out of the money. He's like, look, look, look kids, I haven't got it. It's like, right, I had this much money. I don't want any less than that much money. Uh, so you're gonna have to fucking figure it out. It, it feels so silly, bargaining for you know, uh, campaigning for millionaires against billionaires. But it is just such a classic microcosm of of the well, you know, the the owners versus the workers, really, because yeah, as completely. much as yeah, as much as there is nothing financially in common between me and even the shittest NHL player you can fucking think of, it is still a situation where the NHL players and workers being exploited by the owners, by the overseers, by the by the fat cats, and it's fucked the fuck up. Taking away the the kind of rose tinted spectacles of growing up playing hockey, wanting to be in the league, and all that kind of thing, you look behind the scenes at what goes on. Why the fuck would you ever want to play hockey? Like, I can't even imagine that just the constant bullshit and, like, constant feeling of kind of, they just don't care about us. They just do not care about us. And these hockey players, like, go up, for whatever reason, I'm just, I've, I've mentioned it plenty of times, it's kind of this, like, kind of army, almost kind of mentality. It's all for the team. You don't matter. You're not important. It's just for the team. You know, if you're a player who's kind of, on the outside with a varying opinion. Well, that's bad for the team, so you don't deserve to be here. And I just, I just, why? Why would you ever want to play in this league? Well, I think it's because... put up with all this bullshit. Even with the lockouts, even with when we come out of whatever happens with this and with COVID-19, they're still going to make a fuckload more money than they would have doing anything else, wouldn't they? Even even if you assume that every player in the league is like Ben Morasso Okoto and fucking hates playing (laughs) hockey... That's their skill that makes money for them. So, like, even, no, I agree. I, even, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but fucking is, hell, like, it's it's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Imagine you come in every single day and your your boss's boss hates you. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not even your boss. You. It's not even your boss's boss. It's it's GMs. It's the owners. 
clearly the fucking fans like most of the fans hate you as well because they're backing the they're backing the guy who turns up to work in a yacht or a jet that just lands on the fucking roof of the stadium the guy they're who backing doesn't that turn guy. up to work yeah they're backing that guy over you who every time you're fucking sat on a bus traveling up to winnipeg at fucking three o'clock in the morning for a home and home or something your fucking owner sat on his private island with seven women around him just drinking fucking drinks out of a coconut Meanwhile, you're grinding your fucking ass off on the fourth line, making a million dollars a year. And like, even the fans don't really care about you that much. They seem to think, well, well, the owner, how mad is it? It's insane. Like, how mad is this? Is that because the owner's not made any money off hockey, he shouldn't play. He shouldn't pay the players. That's what they're saying. Because fucking Harold's not made any money from the Winnipeg Jets, the Jets players don't deserve to get paid as much as they should. That's insane. That's insane. I, I personally, Even though he's got like t- fucking like 10 billion sheets sat in his fucking bank account. Th- these are unrelated sheets. Like I-, I personally have never made any money producing and selling and shipping groceries. Therefore, <laughs> when I go into Tesco and fill up my trolley, sorry mate, that's your problem. I haven't made any money off of this, so you're going to have to fit that bill. It's like, fucking oh, mad, isn't it? It's mad. Fucking... Fucking Everybody, if you mental. if you're siding with the owners here, just think about just think about what I just said. Just really think about it. In that, even a guy who's made eight billion dollars, even if he's even if he started at zero and he's now worth eight billion dollars in the last eight months, just think about that. He's made a billion dollars every month for the last eight months, and you're saying because none of that money has come from a team that he owns, he now can't pay anything towards that team. Or it's not fair he's expected to pay something towards that team. He could pay this year's salary cap 10 times over and still have $7.2 billion. Fucking, <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah, the players are greedy. The pl- you know, like, fucking hell. I just, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I can't believe any of it. And no, also it, things it, like, like the play. Imagine the play. Like, so the NHLPA says, so they do this new CBA in July or whenever the fuck it was, <laughs> and then four months after, the NHLPA goes back to NHL and says, do you know what? We don't like this. I think we're going to change it. You could fuel the world with the laughter that came from the NHL's head office if the NHLPA suggested sort of ratifying the CBA, but because the NHL have done it, they're like, well, we better change this CBA. Like, no fucking wonder the players are pissed off. I'd be fucking livid. I'd be livid. I'd, I kind of hope we get a strike just for to show that these players have some backbone against the bloody owners. Because if you if you let this happen, mate, what, what are we gonna what are we gonna be doing, dude? If they let this happen, it's it's like it's fucking open season because they made a deal. They reach They made a new deal four months ago, and now they're trying to change it again. So. What's to stop them next off season saying, do you know what actually we think the salary cap should be about sixty three million. So we're gonna change it again. And all your contracts need to you need to all change your contracts so you you're making way less money. This is it. Like I'm this isn't out. even part of like a CBA negotiation. That negotiation in for the return to play covered the renewal of the CBA as well. So <laughs> COVID COVID nineteen aside, this is just any other Sunday that's like actually Nah, nah, not interested in this anymore. Let's renegotiate. Absolutely ridiculous. What can you like do? I said, and, and, all I want, uh, if if you're a financial person and you know where that money's gone from Vegas and Seattle, please let me know. That's not a you're wrong or how could you pretend to know what's like. If you genuinely know where it is or what they do with it, I'd just like I'd like to know because I don't know. 
That's, please, you know. please fucking tell us. And all the money from those yeah. uh, outdoor games that they fucking uh, rake in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my one, my one last thing on this is like, th- this is at the prospect of of more lost revenue. Like we we haven't even played this season yet. Like, uh, in theory, we're not going to make as much money this year. So, uh, yeah, give us some of that back, please. Well, let's let's lead into this then, because oh, should we start the show first? Let's start the yeah. show. Let's start the show. All right, let's start the show. Let's, let's fucking carry on then. Hot off the press because this links into this. When are they supposed to start this season back up? All, all I keep hearing is Batman keeps saying, we're planning on New Year's Day, January the... F- like, are you fucking mad? January the 1st? There's no way you're coming back on January the 1st. At this point with this CBA, I, I, why would you even come back? Why would you even come back? What, as a, as a player? Maybe as a player and even as, a, even as an owner in a smaller market. Because if you can't get fans into the stands, surely you're going to lose money again. Because if you're paying, if you're paying your players, because they're even on a, on a prorated basis for playing, say, fifty games or forty-eight games or sixty games, whatever it is, if there's no fans there, because it's more, it's more a gate-driven league than any of the other big three in America, uh, the other mm-hmm. big four in America or North America, why would you want to come back and play? If the players don't want to play, then you can say, great, don't have to pay you. Fucking that'll do me fine. Because if there's no fans there, you're not making any money. There's no concessions, no tickets, no fucking jersey sales, no nothing. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Because money from TV and like we said before, we return to play, I suppose there's got to be TV uh, commitments they've got to make and stuff like that. And, and in theory, playing is going to make more money than not playing. In because because it, it depends if you've got teams that actually own their um their arenas, then yeah you're not going to have to there's not rent that you're going to have to pay on it necessarily. Obviously you've got running costs, but like we said before, you're going to have to pay a lot less to run the the arena without fans in than you would do with fans in. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, thinking, again, like I said, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about small market teams though, because some a lot of those small market teams wouldn't own their arenas, would they? No, you're you're probably renting them off the off the council, aren't you? You've, so if you've not, if you've not got if you've not played any games or anything, you haven't got to pay rent. You haven't got to pay the players. You haven't got to pay any staff. Uh, like we talked, we talked. Then we like five six weeks ago, we spoke about the fucking hilarious backroom staff trees that you can like rabbit holes that you can go down looking at people who've got these ridiculous job titles and stuff. And that maybe if the team's not playing, you don't have to pay those people either. Maybe some of them are on those kinds of deals. Like, you know, the team's not playing, so we can't pay you. Sorry. Which is, again is bullshit, but maybe but, I mean, it's that if, as well. If you can, if you can pull that one on on your actual playing staff, then surely you can pull it on your backroom staff as well. So if you're a smaller market team, why would you want to come back and play? And the TV <sighs> yeah. contract, then the TV contract's up this year, isn't it? This isn't it next year they're going to get a new TV deal. Uh, I want to say sure yeah, 2022. So for for the start of the twenty one twenty two, either way, either way, they're going to get a massive bump then anyway, because. Like people want to pay for live, t- fucking WWE signed a billion dollar TV deal. If a fucking product as terrible and as dross as that can get a billion dollars, then hockey's going to be fine when it comes to the TV deal. 
Now yeah, there is a thing, like you say, maybe, maybe say at the moment, maybe they have to fulfil this contract, and that's obviously legally something they have to do in some way. I don't know, but if you're a small market team, why the fuck would you want to come back? I wouldn't. It cost me more money. I think, yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but Burnside said in in the, a couple of weeks ago. That like there is a small possibility that they would take the season off, but it absolutely doesn't seem like that's the case now with the way that Batman's talking. Yeah, and like you say about a Jan one, a January first date, it, it kind of feels like they're they're aiming for something soon because you have got people coming over and coming back in theory to quarantine, like um the the fucking Maple Leafs new European uh, Miko Lettinen is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. He's coming over to quarantine and getting to Canada. But still, like if, if you've only just got some Europeans coming over to quarantine to get into Canada today, that's a two-week quarantine. Then you're looking at, like what, the 7th of December or whatever it is by the time you're out of quarantine, 9th of December if you start today. That's That leaves less than four weeks for a training camp and it includes what, what you'd imagine would be a break for Christmas. I know that we've had a much shorter off season than normal, but you cannot tell me you're gonna have a three week training camp and then go especially for teams that weren't involved in return to play, you have a three week training camp after nine months off hockey and then be like, bam, regular season, let's fucking have it. No fucking way. I reckon if even February first feels like it's potentially unachievable at this stage. <laughs> it does. It does. Obviously, and it's not only a... that, but like we're we're currently in a situation where COVID's not going anywhere yet. Like, okay, we've got the vaccine news going and all that kind of thing, but parts of Toronto have just gone back into lockdown. Plenty of places in Europe are back into national lockdowns. I mean, you've got the whole thing with getting back into across the Canadian border at some point because, like, you can you can start the season, but then there's no there's no guarantee that COVID's going to be gone this time next year you don't know i mean we will hope and it looks positive but you you don't know where we've worked out a way to cope with covid19 being here as in getting people kids back into schools getting people back into work blah 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 so and, and obviously people are working on the vaccine behind closed doors but it's like everything's kind of plodding on with the expectation that we can just do these things when really, because <laughs> be we've plodded on, like we we fucking can't. It's it's mad to think. Like even if they do this, they'll definitely be doing this Canadian division setup. Yeah, for sure. But mate, how the fuck are you gonna have travel travel hockey during a pandemic? Do you know what I mean? Across 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 a continentally wide country, I think it's it's mad enough that they do travel football in like you know England and. France and you know smaller countries in America, but fuck me, like how are you going to keep the COVID rates down when you've when you're going to have that? Especially if you throw in the idea of players having to be called up from the AHL due to injury, who are also travelling to different parts of the country. Like it's it's going to be a fun. I know plenty of people have said it more eloquently than I, but it's going to be a shit show even if they do come back. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention the NFL and that they keep having positive covid tests and they've moved games back sort of three or four days and things like that but they've got their 53 man roster and unless you're signing somebody off the street or a practice squad that's it it's not like call-ups in the nhl where you've got guys who are playing in different cities across two different countries 
that can then be called up to come and play with your team. I mean, I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I guess, I guess they'd have to do kind of like what baseball did in that you have a practice squad that's just in an area in 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 some area in a city, and they just stay there, and that's it. And if they can get called up, they get called up, and it's in a way to keep everybody safe. But there's so many things up in the air, and apparently we're like. If rumours have been to be believed, we're five weeks away from, from the start of the season. And there's so much still to fix. So much still to fix. Add on top of that all of obviously the new fucking CBA stuff going on. Like, how, how are you going to do it? Yeah, we've we've got five weeks to work out who's getting paid, how much they're getting paid, where the money's coming from, how we're going to play these games, who the teams are playing, where are they going to play, who's going to be available to play. It's fucking mental and, and aside from that though we're nearly there <laughs> so so close i'm really excited for the start of the season yeah, so close it's it's the age-old thing of like obviously there's all of this stuff is almost certainly being discussed at length behind closed doors with the nhl but i cannot believe that this league that is effectively a fucking sieve has 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 all of these you know, irons <laughs> in the fire and, and near completion and, and pretty cemented it as far as the idea of it and it hasn't been leaked. It ha- I, I don't I don't believe it for a second. You know, granted, yeah. you know, the the big players in the inside game are, are probably a little having a little bit of a break to an extent. But fucking hell, if if something as important as how we're actually going to play the twenty twenty one season is available as information, I feel like it probably would have come out by now, at least in some. Some respect. I don't know if it would have come out, but there will be there will be people who already know when we're coming back to play. Fucking Bob McKenzie knows, doesn't he? He knows everything. He's got somebody ringing him every day, giving him updates probably while he's sat in his fucking beach hut. This guy's Gary Bettman. Just <laughs> <laughs> thumbs him up. That's who. Uh, that's who Bob McKenzie's source has always been. It's just been Gaz. He's, <laughs> he's not called the Bob chat. Father for no reason. Yeah, you're right. You got a good point there. You got a good point. It's just like I, I get that we've seen a prospective division alignment, but even even then, that's not that's not enough. It's not official. No, it's not official. No, and and it doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> putting <laughs> putting Florida and Tampa in with like in with like Chicago. So all right, yeah. don't mind them. And the other thing that I keep coming back to, and like it's been mentioned a little bit, but I feel nobody's necessarily made this point of like. The playoffs haven't been decided. How we're actually going to do the playoffs if we end up with a, a Canadian division as well, and like, you absolutely have to get that done before the season starts, because you otherwise people don't know what they're aiming for. You can't you can't just suddenly come in and say right the top top five from the East Division, the top two from the West Division, the middle six from the Canadian division are all making the playoffs. Like wh- whatever it is that you decide. It's a format. You have to decide it beforehand, because it's 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 a fundamental part of of the competition. It'd be like coming through if you announce the playoff playoff stipulations halfway through the season. You might as well be coming through and saying, right, now we've decided wins are worth four points, losses are worth six points, and etc. etc. Like it's such a fundamental rule set, really, for the game that you've got to fucking sort that out. And there's been no mention of how the playoffs are going to be going to be done arranged whatever you just go top four in each division right no but then forget the the wild forget the wild card and all that shit it's just top four and that's it 
but then how how do you how do you arrange it when in theory you've got five divisions? Oh, I thought it'd be. F- oh yeah. Yeah, because it's what is Canadian Metro Atlantic Central West. Or whatever, Metro East, Central West. No, you have four divisions. You have four divisions, don't you? You have four. You have three in America and then one in Canada. The three in America have eight each, which is twenty-four teams, and the one in Canada has seven, so that's thirty-one teams. That that makes sense, but the proposal you just do that five divisions, which is just ridiculous. Which is which is mental, absolutely mental. Well, then I guess you could do well if it's five divisions, then you've got to do obviously a wild card, haven't you? But if it's four divisions, you just go top four in each division, and that's it. Simple, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but but then how do you split up the Canadians? Because what you can't have kind of playoff series between. Why not? Maybe you can. Yeah, you can. But then how do you how do you thread them back into the mix? Who do you if you've got four divisions? Yeah, say an East, Central, and West for America, and then the Canadian. Who do you? How do you decide like what? Is um, the split for like east and west divisions? You know who who does the winner of the Canadian division play to get to the final? I guess then though you just as we fucking love rampant speculation here as we uh, fantasy book <laughs> the playoffs. That's what we uh, what we you specialize just, in. Yeah, what I would this is what I would do. I would do top four in each division. Those top four in each division comes to the playoffs. One plays four, two plays three, and then after that you go back to a bubble. So then, Canadian teams can play American teams. So you might have. So I get it. You might. It might be fucking boring. Where, well, I think like the Canadian division. So like Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, whatever. Those four teams. They then one plays four, two plays three, and a best of five, and then those two winners, and then the other six winners from the American divisions, and then you go back into a bubble situation. Yeah, but what that way. But what I'm saying is like you wouldn't have any conferences. So how do you decide the bracket? Then you just go on record, don't you? You just you know what you do then? You go back into the bubble and it's simple. It's one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. Regardless of where you're from, regardless of what's going on. I wouldn't mind that because it'd give you some fresh matchups. That make make more sense as well, because you actually have proper proper um you know, skill based things rather than rather than this age old issue of Fucking nonsense yeah. matchups of like one. Yeah, whichever, two. whichever seeds, whichever highest seed, like because if you, yeah, you get one to sixteen seeds, but then you're kind of also seeded within your division, and then whichever the highest seeds are go through. Well, now that's the first seed, the lowest seeded team that's left, that's the eighth seed. Yeah, and yeah. you just do it like that. But then I can't. There you go, Gaz. Help but think Gaz and Billy Daly yeah. gives a call. We'll uh, put you on the right track. Don't necessarily think the NHL are going to make the sensible decision there, though, are they? It's not really there. I mean, right? if only we had some kind of precedence or history of them making sensible decisions, we could make a an informed decision ourselves based on that. But yeah, I think you might be right. Fucking if ifs and buts with candies and nuts, Dan. It's all, a, <laughs> all a, it's all a mess. It's all a mess. It's a fucking huge mess. I do think I do think part of it is they're going to do what baseball did, which was that the baseball commissioner for months and months and months kept saying yeah we want to do a full season trying our best to get a full season in i think we're going to get a full season in and then three weeks after the season started just went well i always knew we were never going to do a full season so (laughs) for fuck's sake thanks and i'm sure gaz is i'm sure gaz is doing the same thing i'm sure in a year or something he's going to be at fucking bob's cabin getting hammered he's going to go Hey Bob, do you know I never, I never knew, I knew, I knew we'd never do a full season. I, uh, January first, <laughs> that's just that's rubbish. That's a stupid idea. <laughs> like, yeah, fucking cheers, guys. We knew. Yeah, fucking no surprise. Thanks. It's just insane. 
You know, it's one of those things until somebody had written down, I can't remember, it was probably on Twitter or Reddit or something, but somebody had, as we mentioned, somebody had written down what needs to be fixed before the season can start. And it's not until you see it written down, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, they've got nothing ready. Nothing. <laughs> There's so much to fix. <laughs> it's fucking, it's disturbing. I'll say it again. Why would you want to play in the NHL? Why? <laughs> they don't give oh, a shit. Go go play in the KHL. You probably get less uh, less hassle, less faff. Just it's as... the devil you do rather the devil you don't. Like Batman will stab you in the back, and then you'll turn around and just smile and go, "I wonder who that was." Whereas in the KHL, you're going to get punched in the face a lot. But before that, they're going to say, "Well, we're going to punch you in the face a lot." You know, oh, okay, fair enough. At least I know. <laughs> like those players going over to the KHL, they fucking know. They know there's no like care being taken around COVID and shit. You're just expected to get on with it. At least you know that. <laughs> in NHL, it's just constant backstabbing and all that shit. So yeah, we'll 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 keep you safe. Don't worry. We'll we'll honour our agreements. Absolutely fucking not. I, I yeah, I can imagine sort of Americans or well any 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 sort of non-Russians ringing up the owner of a KHL team and saying, "What are your COVID protocols then?" And the owner going, "Protocol." No protocol. You come here, you get COVID, you play hockey. All right, then. Fair enough. At least you're being honest. All right, then. If you insist. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Whereas Gary Bettman's all, oh, we're going to be completely safe. It's all going to be fine. We know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> oh, by the way, here's a new CBA. Hang on, what? <laughs> this wasn't what I was phoning you about. Yeah, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. I was just ringing to get Bob McKenzie's number. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. We had a quick chat about something last week that I wanted to mention on the show, which was NHL GMs are fucking soft. They're soft. And I'll I'll be the first to admit, I think, aside from... There's maybe a couple of sports you could say this about. Hockey players are maybe the toughest sports people on the planet. Does that equate sometimes to being smart? I don't know. Is it smart to play on a broken leg or with a punctured lung or with a, or basically fucking the Tyler Sagan injury list where he's now got to become the $6 million man to be able to play hockey again. (laughs) Is that smart? I don't know. I would say no, but is it tough? Fuck yes, it's tough. I mean, that is grit like no one else. Maybe NFL players, maybe rugby players. You could throw those in as well. But when it comes to fucking front office and GMs and all that shit, man, they are so soft. Why why has there been no offer sheets? Why are GMs not ringing Julian and the Breezy Boys in Tampa and basically saying to him, you're going to give us this player and you're going to like it. So, so <laughs> here's my offer. And it's, just no, just nothing. Still nothing. It's because it, it, it comes full circle down to licking the boots of the owners, I think, really. Because be right. everyone's just, just afraid of ruining their own future job prospects. We we already know that these GMs don't care about the actual team's future. You know, case in point with um bloody who's that, who's that old uh, Dave Nonis in fucking uh, Toronto saying oh, I don't oh, yeah. care about year six and seven about the David Clarkson contract. I care about year one and two, which is absolutely true. And and in some ways is for their own protection how they should be looking at it. But yeah, they they don't want to they don't want to rob rather the owners the wrong way in case they need a fucking job when they get sacked at their current one. Here's the thing, all right. As an NHL GM, everybody, everybody in the NHL, you are paid to win games. You're paid to win the game. You're paid to win a Stanley Cup. No matter the cost. 
Yeah. Who gives a shit? Do you think... So, I don't know. Fucking... All right. Fucking, yeah. Harold Harold Chipman in fucking Winnipeg over there. Like Scrooge McDuck. So, say somebody off a sheet. Just... I'm just... I know... Whatever. Just This is just for complete sake of argument. I get it. They're under contract. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. A team comes in. Off a sheet's Patrick Laine. Off a sheet's Mark Shifley. And robs them blind and steals them. And all the Jets get back is like a first, second, and a third. Whatever. You know, I'm just, I'm just picking random players here out of thin air. Then that GM, with those players, with Lainey and Shifley, goes and wins two cups or three cups or wins a cup and gets to two finals or something like that. Wouldn't you then want that GM on your team? Wouldn't that GM then be, like, sought after? You'd be thinking that every owner would be knocking down his door, ringing his phone, please come and GM my team that's in the fucking shit. We're rebuilding. We've got loads of picks. We've got loads of cap space. Can you come and do for us what you did for them? And, and help us win. Do, they, do none of them think like that? Like, it's, Tampa's especially... cap is still completely fucked. It's completely fucked, and they've got no way of getting out of it. And they've got three Why big name just... RFAs. Three of <laughs> yeah. them. Fucking, it's mental. And for for a league that is constantly harping on about, oh, we've got to try and find, you know, loopholes and ways to exploit the, the, the CBA and stuff to, to you know, to exploiting the LTR, whatever it might be, like there's a massive gaping hole in the CBA right there, and you're not fucking using it. If only there was somewhere I could get players for cheap and not cost me too much. Yeah, and, if and, only and, there was some way. Or, or even if I don't get the player, like it's a win-win if you throw an off a sheet, especially if you throw a good one. Either, either I get the player or I handicap the team that keeps the player. Right. <laughs> I they've get got Tampa have got two point eight million dollars left in cap space, and they've got to re-sign Sorelli, Eric Chernak, and Mikhail Sergachev. And and even if you're looking at the the overage you're allowed for for the summer, that'd be like eleven mil. Yeah, because obviously there's, there's the cutoff point, isn't there, where you've got yeah, to be under the cap by a certain over, time. Yeah, up until a certain time of the season, and then that's it. Then you've got to be sort of done. I, I get that yeah, it takes two to tango and you've actually got to have uh, a player willing to sign an offer sheet, which I think is probably more of a sticking point than it gets credit for. Yeah, like we talk about all yeah, you the could be players right. being, yeah, you've got to be team first, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't want to be the guy who signs an offer sheet and then have to go into the into the locker room on Monday and everyone's like, oh, you signed an offer sheet, you're a wanker. I was like, oh, fucking fuck off, mate. Like... If what you're you're not going to sign an offer sheet, Mikhail Sergachev, for for eight million dollars from fucking whoever, but instead you're going to turn around and say, "Oh yes, please, Mister Breezy Boy, can I have some less when he offers you three and a half mil for fucking four years." You talk about toughness and not being tough off the ice. That goes for for front office and playing staff alike. I'm triple hard because I can finish the penalty kill shift where I've got a quote unquote broken leg, but I don't dare demand the amount of money that I'm. I'm worth until I turn 35 when I demand six times as much as I am worth. It's fucking moronic. What's weird about Tampa as well is like these players now have already all won a ring. So it's not the case of, well, I'd better stay with this team because they're my best shot at winning a Stanley Cup and fulfilling my life goal. You fulfilled your life goal. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't mean then that you should then just take any offer that comes up your way because it's the most money and that's it. I get that a lot of these players still have professional pride. I am totally fine with that. But for a player like Sergachev or Sorelia, like those two especially, if you offer them 
six million, six and a half million for so many years, a, a good team that could contend, why wouldn't you take it? Even, maybe even it's, it's the area, maybe it's living in Tampa. I, I don't know. I don't know. But fucking I'd, hell. I'd, I'd say the best way to do it is to offer him short-term money because that's what Tampa's going to be offering him anyway, which has its yeah. own advantages of, okay, we'll offer you two years and then after that two years, you can have your big payday. We'll offer him a bigger payday for a, for the same amount of term anyway. Right, we'll give yes, you... But yeah, you, you we'll do Sorelli at like four years at seven million because then he can still... Like, when he gets to 27, if he's projected right, fucking he's going to make a fucking... He's going to make double digits. Yeah, and you're going to have him for those four years rather than Tampa. A, a yeah. combination... Like, Sergeyev and Sorelli, I think, are good choices because you can say, look, we're going to give you more ice time than you'd get in Tampa as well. Anthony Sorelli, come and be my de facto second-line centre at seven mil for three years, whatever it might be. After that, you'll you'll have in theory earned you know had had more production, earned more money, you know, increase increased your earning potential in those three years than you would have playing third line minutes in, in Tampa. Yeah, Anthony Thorelli, if you come if you come to my team, you'll be de facto second line centre right now, with a good chance that you could be the first line centre when our first line guy leaves in a few years. How about that? And we'll give you, you know, six and a half million to do it. The only yeah. team, the one team that's stunned me in all of this that they've not done it is Detroit, because they've been constantly fucked over by the draft, which was obviously something else we've talked about before. Being that I am of the opinion that if you want to tank, you should tank, and if you've got the worst record, you get the first pick, and that's it. I, I don't, I don't get the point of the lottery. You know, it's, I don't understand why they even do it. I think it's stupid. If you're an owner and you're willing to risk losing money to tank then that's your choice and you should then get rewards from that and a team like Detroit has been fucked over the past three or four years by the the fucking lottery you're not going to be able to trade too much because you don't want to give up any of these young players that you actually acquired so why wouldn't you just go in there and just steal these two players or at least offer them you get Cirilla if you get two players going together as well that's easier because you're thinking okay I'm not going in completely cold to a new locker room I at least know this guy and I can at least that will at least help me bed in for a little bit, and and we can go and do something with a guy who helped to build this team into a Stanley Cup team. It's not all his, and you know I think the idea that Julian Breesbar did nothing is ridiculous. He fucking put a lot of these pieces together as well and got them over the hump. But you can look at Eisman and say, okay, this is a guy who knows what he's doing. Why wouldn't you want to go and play there? Absolutely, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And and again, like we were saying about with the. Uh with the 2021 season and the preparations potentially being made, I don't even think it's a case of people are putting the feelers out and all these players are saying, no, I wouldn't be interested in signing off a sheet. Because the only time that's happened, we found out about it with Mitch Marner and Columbus. It's just such a... And I know it comes up every single off-season, but it feels especially, you know, especially viable an option this year with the reigning champs being in such a dire situation. Like It doesn't make any sense to me that these GMs just don't want to acquire, even even try to acquire good players, for the sake of keeping up, keeping up appearances with someone who they have have dinner with once every year or whatever. It's fucking where's where's the fucking competitiveness in these GMs? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they talk about the competitive edge of players and willing to fight through it all and all that kind of thing. Yeah when it comes to stuff like offer sheets and stuff like... Mind you, it's fair. The only one who actually did it was Bergevin. And we know he can because nobody dare say shit to him. So. Yeah, exactly. You've just got to be tonk enough <laughs> that you can lay out any other GM and you can, you can use offer sheets. Yeah, I can actually offer sheet anybody because I could beat them all up in a fight. 
Fucking Bergevin would kill Jim Rutherford. Like, one punch. That's a one-punch man death. He's just, it's Iron Fist. He's just dead. <laughs> and and this is a league where tampering is the norm. It's not even like yeah. offer sheets are, are to, well, they're taboo, but they're not, they're not outside of the rules or like, you know, in a loophole or anything. Like, that is explicitly a thing you can do. But this team will happily negotiate with a, with a potential UFA before they even become a free agent, and then at you know twelve oh one on on July first, have bam, here's this extremely complicated contract put together. They're... Freaking Mark Stone, <laughs> that was the best example from recently, Mate, yeah, wasn't exa- it? Exactly. We've exactly. acquired Mark Stone in a trade, twelve oh three. He's agreed to us. <laughs> okay, hang on a minute. <laughs> so an eight year extension. Congratulations, yeah. Mark. That was right. quick. <laughs> huh, interesting. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, and and it's it's never going to change. It's never going to change. If people like, uh, like Carl Dubas and John Chaker are coming in, and and not using those, you know, if you if the young members of the old boys club aren't doing it, you're gonna have to wait until an entire new generation of GMs to come in and do it because it, it clearly I, ain't fucking changing. The, and and the other argument I've heard is that well, if you do it someone's then going to do it to you. Well, right. yeah, that's the point. But if I do it and I win, I could give a fuck. I couldn't give a shit. And yes, here's the thing. If you're, a, if, you're a, if you're a good GM and you manage your cap properly, guess what? You're not going to have this problem. It's not going to be an issue. No one's going to steal your players because you're not going to be put in a situation where they can steal them because you'll have enough money left over because you've negotiated contracts properly where you're not going to be scared of somebody off a sheet in your guy because you will have enough money in place to do it. And on the occasion it does happen, yeah, tough tough tits. Those are the breaks. It's in the CBA. It's going to be used. Sorry. It's it's like footy all the time. You know, like how often players in football, and in like basketball as well. Basketball is a better example, actually, than footy. Because in basketball, those it's, it's, it's the same. You can't just sign a player and give another team 75 million quid. No, like pieces need to go. Things need to happen. But basketball players all the time just say, yeah, I fucking hate it here. I want to go and play in LA. And then it, it just happens. It works. And uh, okay, yeah, we'll make it work. We'll fix it. We'll sort it. But in hockey, it's there's none of that. There's just no, <laughs> just like nothing. There's no player agency when it comes to movement. Yeah, that's true. That's all. And, and like you say, if you're, if you're using offer sheets to acquire good players, and that's another, another issue that we may end up encountering if offer sheets ever come in, Offer sheets for fucking shitters that aren't worth it. But if you're using offer sheets properly <laughs> and, and acquiring elite talent, you're then going to have far less of an issue re-signing your own elite talent and thus avoiding offer sheets, avoiding RFAs. Like, yeah. and like what, what if you're if you're Steve Eisenman this year, you offer sheet Sergachev, then what fucking Julian Breezeball is going to offer offer sheet Dimitro Timoshov? Like, all right, cool, fucking whatever, mate. It's only that as well. If you're Detroit and you go into a free agency, and you've and you've then got, say say they somehow worked out a deal with both of them, you've then got Sorelli and Sergachev on your team. Players are then looking at your team, going, "Do you know what? They've got a couple of good pieces there. Actually, they're definitely going to improve." And we, yeah, we could do something. Yeah, all right, I'll I'll go to there. It, like it, it's all, it all kind of snowballs and, about oh, just yeah. I hope. Do you know what? I, I, and we've mentioned this before. I just hope Tampa say, "Yeah, we're not doing it." Sorry, like the cap doesn't apply to us. We're going at eighty-seven million for the rest of the season, so work it out. Yeah, <laughs> to I'm the lucky. league. We're so gonna find us. You fix right. it. 
Because you like, yeah. don't you like, you get fined and start to lose draft picks and stuff like that. But fuck it, sign them both. Like sign Sorelli, sign Chernak, sign Sergachev. Fuck the cap. Take your hits and just win like two or three more cups. It's not like they've got they've got two players who are over the age who are sorry. They've only got who you would class kind of like important players. Ryan McDonough is thirty one. Alex Kalorn's thirty one. That's kind of it, really, right? There's no one else who's really that important, or you know, everyone else is quite young. So fuck it, yeah, we can lose, the, we can afford to lose a couple of picks for the next couple of seasons. We'll just go over the cap. And and even then, if you if you're ignoring the cap, just ignore the the draft sanctions. Like <laughs> Batman's like, yeah, you can, you don't have a first round pick this year. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. The Tampa Bay Lightning select. Come on down, Fucking Julian and the Breezy Boys rushing the stage at the draft, <laughs> like just punching Batman out of the way. We're taking this guy. <laughs> yeah, like really quickly. From the OHL, we're six, seven, we select. <laughs> Once it's speaking, it's law. We, I said it into the microphone. It counts. <laughs> it's like the, the, the next two cards. So, well, actually, we're going to select Tyler Durden from the OHL 67. It's like, no, we've just, we've just picked him, mate. We've just picked him. Yeah. We just did that. Just start, doesn't, start doesn't count. Yeah, it does. Start causing a fucking ruckus. Why not? Who, like, if <laughs> if the owners can say they don't have to pay their players, fucking do whatever you want, mate. Do whatever you want. Yeah. If this if this fucking ratified CBA that was drawn up four months ago is now not worth to fucking to wipe my ass with, I'll fucking do whatever I want, mate. I'm just going start. to. I I hope they sign Sergachev to fucking eight years at eight million and Anthony Thizrelli, Anthony Thizrelli, like eight years at six million. And then Eric Chernak gets like four million. Just go way over. If you're going to go over, just fuck it all the way over. Yeah, we're at 97 million this year. Fuck it. Start treating the NHL like it's a fucking knockabout on a Sunday morning. Just fuck <laughs> It's a game day. Connor, Connor, it's, um, it's Steve Eisenman. Do you fancy playing tonight? We've got a game. Yeah, all right then. It's like, well, <laughs> fucking whatever. Just, just, just fucking do whatever you please if the, if the league try and say that oh yeah you're icing ineligible players because they've stolen from other teams just say no keep your own records and say look we we won we had the Stanley Cup unlucky because it's all fake anyway who gives a fucking shit <laughs> yeah go on Tampa just do it as always we are brought to you and sponsored by the great folks at Wave Intel Wave Intel provides up to the minute data and stats to cover all your needs the best and still my favorite is the comparison charts, which are fantastic. But there is a ton of also, uh, there is a ton of other stuff also. And Jason, who runs the site, is a handsome devil, and he des- and he deserves some love. So yeah, there is that as well. Wave Intel online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. And we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, anywhere else you listen to podcasts, and being played at Christmas while we all cry because we can't see our families. And if you can leave a five star <laughs> review where you listen, that would be great. Uh, what was going to say to you next? I'm going to ask you about this as, a, as an impartial, uh, as an impartial observer. Jake DeBrusque, two years at three point six. Your thoughts? I'm fucking. I'm glad you you brought that up because Jake DeBrusque has been <laughs> rinsed there. He's been absolutely rinsed. <laughs> fucking, I will say. Mate, I, I will say. I, I love Rupe Hints. Obviously, I love the Dallas Stars as much as as much as I possibly can, as much as is able to. But when Jake DeBrusque is only making half a mil more. Than on on less term than Rupe hints like fucking hell, mate. Whoever Jake DeBrusque's agent is needs to get fucking sacked. It's ridiculous. Well, mate, it, what what is it in Boston? I, with how many times have we said they just fucking like Jake DeBrusque makes three point six, Charlie McAvoy four point nine, not five, 
four point nine. <laughs> they couldn't just give him five. No, four point nine. Matt Grizzlick, three point six. Brandon Carlo was due a deal, two point eight. You're like, how? How? Mate, Matt Matt Grizzlick making more money than Jake Dabrowski is is criminal. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Matt Grizzlick, but like Jesus Christ. Jay Dabrowski is, is A, very good, and, and B, he's like, he's like a name brand player now. People yeah. know who Jake Dabrowski is. I, yeah. I guarantee you, you poll, poll 100 hockey fans, more of them will know who Jake Dabrowski is than Matt Grizzlick and uh, Rupe Hint combined. No no chance. Like I don't, I don't know what's happened there. I do not know what has happened. Like As always with, with contract signings, it's not actually that bad a price. I think he is, in theory, worth that. Like, like yeah, he should be getting that. Hinch should be getting less, and, and Grizzlick should be getting less. But that's not the world we're living in. And 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 I get the idea of oh, you can't compare team to team because it's all different. It's all different valuations, blah blah. But like I say, different geezer on his own team is earning more money than he is undeservedly. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the fuck has happened there. Isn't, wasn't there a video of him getting bullied by the Bruins? Didn't that come out a couple of years ago or something? Was there? I'm, I think I I'm, genuinely, I genuinely don't. If there was, I didn't see it. I genuinely don't remember that. Not like, not like bullied, bullied, but he's like the butt, the butt of the joke sort of thing. I think. Yeah, maybe. If you're asking me, is it possible a hockey team was bullying one of its own players? I believe you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't find it, but. I'm, I'm almost certain there was like, you know, he is he is the the victim in the locker room sort of thing, and maybe that's just like he's spread the out of all the jokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I think that's clearly just spread out into his into his contract negotiations. Like he's locked up into Don Sweeney's office. He's not like I want here are my comparables. Yada yada yada. I want five million a year or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't think so. No, Jakey, do you? And he like pinches his nose. Gets him with the circle thing below the waist, punches him in the arms. Like, get the fuck out of there, you little twat! You absolute tyke! Fuck off! I'll give you a clip round the ear. Don't make me put fucking custard in your gloves again, you little shit. One hundred and twenty points in two hundred and three games. Second line winger. I think he's decent production for a, still a young guy. Like, yeah, still, still a young guy. Still twenty four. Like, he's a, yeah. Still got plenty of room to grow. He's been, and he's he's been really good playoff wise. Yeah, playoff-wise, only three players have scored more goals than him in the playoffs in that time, which is the, the top three. I think it's. The, I'm sure it's the top. I'm sure it's the the top three from the perfection line. Yeah, makes makes sense. What he's had fourteen in in three years, which is pretty decent going. Fourteen goals, yeah. So yeah, I yeah, I've said before. I, I've I've said this plenty of times before. I do believe that there are huge offbeat shenanigans that go on with Bruins contracts where they get these players and then all of a sudden the next day they somehow have their own new yacht or their own new helicopter or it just seems to turn up with a big bow on it. You know, like, here's a present, care of Mr. J. Jacobs. Oh, thanks. What a surprise. Why have you got me this? Ah, no reason. Just because we love you. So, right, thanks for signing the contract, Jake. Take yourself a brown envelope on your way out, courtesy of us. Yeah, well, it's not an envelope. It's a, it's like a fucking it's a it's a duffel bag. It's a, it's it's a, a fucking, huge duffel bag. A it's swag a skate bag. bag like... Yeah, it's a bag for skate equipment. It's just full of cold hard cash. It's just full of straight cash. That's all it is. There you go. And and, and as we've covered, unrelated, unrelated earnings. So it doesn't go against the cap because it's completely unrelated. Yep. 
He's yeah. earned he's earned that for opening the door, not for playing hockey. Yeah, they just, they just uh, once he signs his contract, he gets the coordinates to a secret place on a map, and he, he has to go and dig up a big bag of loot, <laughs> and it's all just there. I just found it, officer. So I don't know what this is, but yeah, I've just I've just found seven million dollars over the next three years. Clearly, the Bruins aren't paying in this income because the checks are signed by a Mrs. J. Jacobs, who has nothing to do with with the club at all. It's come from the Briston Bruins, so I don't know what company that is. That's really weird. Uh, yeah, it sounds the same. I get it, but it's not the same. It's completely different. So easy, easy mistake to make. Well, a lot of people make it, so I won't. I won't. I won't embarrass you for for making that connection. But it is pretty. Uh, got a bit of egg on your face there, son, haven't you? The World Juniors is a month away, and the players are already in camp because, as we discussed, some players haven't played for nearly a year, which is ridiculous. And I'm pretty looking forward to some of it. I am looking forward to it, Will. For two reasons, and two oh. reasons only, oh. I will give you those two reasons for me looking forward to the World Juniors. The first reason is Quinton, and the second reason is Byfield. Oh, hey. yes. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a third reason out here. Uh, Shane Wright. Yeah, yeah, he's already the, uh, appears, to, appears to be the de facto next guy to look out for, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it feels like there's a lot more future guys in the roster this year than there were than there have been previously. I don't know if yeah. um Brad Lambert's playing, but um yeah there's a lot there's a lot to be excited for and yeah to watch I think especially because because of lockdown because of COVID and because we won't have any NHL like I think there will be more I think I'll probably watch a bit more of the World Juniors this year than I would have previous years. Yeah, yeah it'll be it'll be exciting to see. This I, I assume Lafreniere's playing too, isn't he? I don't think he is. Is he not? Uh, well, I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Because why lot, would you? There's a lot of weird ones. Like a lot of the NCAA guys aren't going. Yeah. Like I mean, found uh, Lafreniere. There's no fucking way I'm risking taking some check off some fucking Swedish numpty and wrecking my leg or something before the NHL season starts. Like, there's just no chance. I'm not. I'm not risking it. It's not fucking worth it, is it? No, I think I think it would be good. It's in Canada this year, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's in Alberta. I don't know where it is. It's in Canada though, but yeah, I'm not definitely, sure definitely somewhere in Canada. Yeah, I think I think it'll be it'll be a very interesting year because because arguably a lot more of these prospects would have been playing like pro hockey more before um before going over. Yeah, you know, with the COVID yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. It's not like they're going to have gone from just playing junior straight into playing more junior. Like, there's going to be more of a mixture of of levels that they're coming from. So. So yeah, I think it will be. Yeah, I don't know about other other teams and stuff, but they, the the reports were that you could tell immediately the players who'd already been playing some games. Like Kirby Dak, they said, just looked light years beyond everyone else because he's already been in an NHL setup and been playing games. Oh shit, he's he's playing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. That that'll be a. I think that'll be a fucking really good one. Just watch Kirby Dak destroy people at the juniors. <laughs> Yeah, I think he'll he'll be one one worth watching next year for the NHL. Like I reckon that'll be, you know, another year old, another year wiser. You think about how well he did this year compared to like Jack Hughes and Capo Caco and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think it'll be be very good to see what Mister Dak has to offer. But yeah, my boy Quentin Byfield. I've Fuck been in him. on this guy for ages. I've, I keep saying it. He was the one player that I was really looking forward to seeing playing NHL. I want to see how he does. I don't know why. I've I've latched onto this kid and I'm very hopeful and I just can't wait to see what he can do. It's gonna be a good one. It's good to have some hockey. Strange, back more as well. than more than other players 
I don't know why I, I sort of gravitate towards certain players, but it's been a while since I've kind of felt like, okay, I want to. I really hope this guy fucking crushes it. And so I don't know why that is. Who who's to say? Really, I don't like it. It's, it's all. Yeah, I don't know. Just random little. Um, I, th- I think there's there's like an element of the underdog to to Byfield as well for like for obvious reasons. So I think yeah, I suppose to have someone suppose, coming yeah. who's who's so blatantly highly skilled. In, I hate I hate to make the comparison because it, it feels like a bit of a demeaning is not the right word, but it's such an obvious one. But a, a bit like Josh Hosang, like I want to see Josh Hosang come in and tear it up because I know he's really highly skilled and he's not got a fair fair shake, really. So it's like and and, and like any time you get it with like a highly skilled player who doesn't get doesn't get the opportunities that they should do for for whatever reason. You, know, you want to see what they can actually fucking do. And it feels like Byfield is is going to be like a a magnified version of that, where you know he, he gets disrespected because of the color of his skin. Quite frankly, when we could all plainly see that he's an elite talent, and I keep he's, saying and it he's as well, fucking but, massive. Oh, yeah, I, I like I say to you, I think I said this about a year ago. But if you give me two choices, do you want to see Lefrenier, you know, deke two guys and stick it top cheese, or just have Quentin Byfield gritting into? goals from four foot away but he's like trucking fools oh give me the give me quentin byfield all day give me, give me all the big day. boy pretty please yeah give me the give me the big body and give me the big body in front of the net that's what i want who's also fucking skilled as shit i can't wait can't wait a oh, man that king's team keep saying it oh my god it's gonna be <laughs> like, gonna be fucking dangerous gonna be like it's almost a certainty you know like we've said there, there are so many lottery tickets there that you've got to win at least a tidy sum out of that it's a shame. It's a shame there's a cap floor because I'd love to see the Kings just say this season, fuck it. We're trading Carter. We're keeping Doughty. We're trading Quick. We're going to take Carter and Quick. We'll just give them fucking pennies on the dollar. Whatever. Two sixes. Who gives a shit? Whatever. And our cap's going to be about 14 million. <laughs> We're just going to give all the kids a fuck it. Just give all the kids a go. Get them a year in and then that's it. Then we'll be dom- We're going to dominate them for 10 years. Soon enough though. Soon enough we'll, we'll, have, we'll have the uh, the LA kids Terror. LA kids, oh, I love it. There's there your headline. Go. There you go. Oh, let's fucking go. That's I'm it. I love it. I love that. it. That's my. Hey, that's my second team. There we go. I'm a king's. I'm a king's second teamer now. All right. Hell, well, there's a thing. We're just gonna say why, why don't the Lightning just say fuck it and go 97 million? Why don't the Kings just say fuck it and go 17 million? <laughs> like, fuck it. We're choosing. We're choosing to put out in theory. In theory, such underutilized underdeveloped players that our cap is 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 like 50 million below or whatever it is 50 million below the floor you can't really punish us because that's our choice surely if we want to be terrible we should allow to be be terrible under the cap that that makes more sense because you're you're going to save money in the process as well rather than spending more money and getting punished it's like well might be getting punished but at least we've saved yeah 40 million or whatever and we've won the league that's how the kings that's how the kings can come back we can save the league money by being so far under the cap, we don't even have to pay our players that much. We're actually saving money. <laughs> and it, and it ends up as good PR because they're not out there campaigning to reduce player salaries because they're already so fucking low. Because <laughs> they're already so low. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. That's what they could do. That's what they could... Oh, the Kings could trade... The Kings could trade 20 million of their cap to the Lightning. Yeah, but it, uh, it doesn't... doesn't... But you can't fucking do that. And 
And we should never be allowed to do that. <laughs> you can, Will. You can do anything. The CBA doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit. And the new one that was signed four months ago doesn't mean shit. You can do whatever you want. Who cares? What are they going to do? They can't relegate you. Like, what are they going to do? What What they could do is uh, the Lightning sign their RFAs to reasonable contracts. Yeah, trade them to the Kings for future considerations. Kings then retain salary on all, all of them and then send them back. That's how you fucking do it. There you go. Problem solved. Fucking problem solved. Last little thing I wanted to mention. I don't know if you've got anything else, but uh, good to see that Kendall Coyne Schofield has been hired by the uh, the Blackhawks. But I was wondering if she might be doing double duty as a as a flag bearer for Colin Kaepernick Appreciation Night at the same. I certainly <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, we not not enough time has passed since Kendall Coyne Schofield's. Uh, apology and, and hopeful face turn so yeah i don't, I don't want to be i don't want to try and dunk on her and be horrible about her <laughs> no of course not because she's made not. the she's made a step let's appreciate that yeah we finally got some some fucking female coaches in more prominent roles did I, I never knew that women were allowed to be anything other than a skating coach in the nhl i thought <laughs> that was the rules i thought right you can get or an, am- or an ambassador yeah yeah exactly like right, you can yeah, you can teach us how to skate because we've seen you doing that in the Olympics. But uh, holding a hockey stick, nah, mate, not possible. Like that's, yeah, that is, that's progress. That uh, that really is progress. And and yeah, ignore any uh, previous misdemeanors by by Ms. Coyne Schofield. That's that's really fucking good, really good. And 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 in in a team that is high profile like the Blackhawks, it's not like it's happening at the fucking Coyotes or the Panthers or whatever. Like this is. This is a big thing. Yeah, it is. It is good. It is good. As much as my, uh, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I couldn't resist that dig. But yeah, well, I'll, and again, hopefully, hopefully it goes okay and it works out right. Because the the first women who get these jobs in prominent positions, the second you just know what's going to happen. The second they fail, you just you know you can see it coming a mile off. But absolutely, I hope it, I hope it at least works out a little but, bit. But we we are already seeing a bit a bit of a snowball in some way because you had Cami Granato as the first. Uh, First female scout being hired by an NHL team when she joined the Kraken and stuff like yeah. that, and and like Alex Mandricki and and Navita are a, a big parts of the data team over at Seattle and stuff. So like this is, it's very small steps, but there there, there is there are tiny ripples happening in the rest of the league now, which is hopefully going to carry on and hopefully be a good thing. I think by baby steps. So I reckon by twenty fifty, will you know could <laughs> could see. Well, that, well, we'll have an assistant GM. Might actually have a, a yeah a, a female assistant GM on the uh, on the books. Okay, <laughs> All right. Anything else from you, mate? No, I think I'm I think I'm pretty good as as it has been. We we'll just wait to find out more until, until there's something else to talk about. Just mad, just mad. How are they going to be ready? Fuck, I got no idea. I got they, no idea. They won't be. Yeah, they won't be. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will any last words? Absolutely done. Peace and love, one and all. Right, yeah. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.